save big money, and start your spring project with help from Menards. We offer a huge selection of body plants, veggies, and herbs to plant at home and grow yourself. Right now, all four and a half inch Bonnie plants are on sale through May 5th. Head to the Menards Garden Center to get your garden growing and check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Oh, look. My partner is changing. Not only am I going to get on board with this change, even if it makes me uncomfortable or insecure, I'm going to walk straight into this discomfort and I'm going to relearn this relationship. And that right there is what I masturbate to. Everyone, welcome back to Talking Shit Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Fitzgerald. And I'm Kat Belenfante. Thank you to the Believe Podcast Network for making this show happen. We were just talking about how we bawled during this finale. Every finale, but in particular, the end end. The end end of this, because mm. the only other show that I could think of that has a flash forward is Parks and Recreation. Ah, uh, yes. But there's something about the flash forward that just like cuts to my soul. It's so satisfying. It's so, it's pure fan service. It's not this artistic, you know, like the ending's up to your interpretation. You have to have faith in the characters. No, I want to know. Yeah, no, I, I want the cathartic. That. Yes, it's cathartic. Like, and I feel like that's why we cry because catharsis is like a release. Yeah, if they had just left on the bus, which you know, any play she would have just left on the bus yeah any hbo show she would have left on the bus yeah anything after 2010 exactly just left on this is why we love an early 2000s fox drama we We get that flash forward my actually one of my favorite flash forwards was well a sandy teaching at berkeley which is just what he should have been doing the whole time it really was and julie getting her call i would have cried julie getting her college degree and having bullet and her daughter and her son and frank all there i know in their little shirts wow megan and i are really in our feelings already Uh, Cooper. as you can probably tell today is about the finale of the oc but this is our finale of talking formally about the timeline of their relationship. Which great, is also sad. Which is also sad. Because <laughs> I hate endings. I, hate, we, I don't like ending anything. Nope. <laughs> the great thing about Seth and Summer, and, you know, and this is a new relationship for me to talk about, so it's been a really lovely discovery for me, is that they grow up. You know, we do get to season four, as we're talking about in the flash forward, they're in their mid-20s. But as... Much as they grow up, so does their relationship. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how these two individuals who we meet as teens become adults and how their relationship grows from a crush to a teen romance to being, I think, truly soulmates i second that yes i feel like that's what they end up proving in the end so like everything in this season this idea of a relationship growing up is very obviously highlighted in a teen couple however all relationships need to grow and seth and summer i think provide us with an amazing example of how to grow in a relationship so this episode we're going to talk all about that 
And if you cry out there too, just know that we will not make it through this episode without crying. Oh, no, absolutely (laughs) not. So please uh, grab some tissues. Yeah. Some wine. I may like my Chardonnay, but I'm not going to die alone. And that's more than I could say for you. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Mm. So to kick it off. We're going to go into relatable content. Beautiful. (laughs) Your relationship might be growing up like Seth and Summers if. If you have spent time apart that matured you and the relationship. I love time apart. This is going to be a theme I come back to this entire episode. Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in time apart. Your relationship might be growing up like Seth and Summers if one or both of you has gone through a large, potentially traumatic life change. Mm -hmm. Your relationship might be growing up like Seth and Summers if you finally take your partner off the pedestal you had him or her on at the start of the relationship and see the dynamic individual for who she actually is. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, you don't have to live in your comic book anymore. She's yeah. not Little Miss Nixon. She's not. She's a real person. She's a real superhero. She is. She really is saving the world. Oh. <sighs> your relationship might be growing up like Seth and Summers. If you can't imagine your life without this person, but you also don't see a way you can possibly move forward with them. Your relationship might be growing up like Seth and Summers if you learn how to support your partner by giving them room to grow and change, even if that means separating buzzword from them. Your relationship might be growing up like Seth and Summers if you have faith that you will find your way back to this person. Have a drink every time we get nostalgic and sentimental. Because yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> we will. So uh, as we hinted, this episode is all about growth. It's about individual growth it's about the relationship growing and it is about outgrowing things that previously served you and relationships have previously served you so we're going to start with individual growth because you know whether you're dating someone in the time that summer and seth are dating in these pivotal years 16 to 19 years old or even i would say i think there's a big period of growth in between 24 and 27 uh i i'm i think both of us actually are in the middle of a growth at the moment i think so i think everyone's hearing it (laughs) i think the show has propelled us into growth whether we wanted it or not so let's say uh, people grow and change so it's inevitable that you will if you are someone who is in relationships it's pretty inevitable that you will be with someone during a huge growth spurt in their life and If it's not during, you know, pivotal changing years, it also could happen if you see someone through a really difficult time in their life, Mm -hmm. like how Seth and Summer date through Marissa's death. So this is Summer's best friend. And like, debatably, we don't see her hang out with many other people. So debatably, her only friend. So let's talk about how her death affects Summer and how she reacts. Did you know that she was going to die when you first watched it? Oh, no. No, because did you watch it live live? Yeah. How did you react the first time? Devastated. Yeah. Yeah, completely fell to the floor, sobbing, banging my fists on the ground. Yeah, the song haunts me. So beginning of season four, I was like, why is it so weird between Seth and Summer? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that was like my own denial or yeah, me just like not having forgiven Misha Barton for leaving. Yeah, she did. To be honest, she she got her she got what she deserved because she ended up on 
the hills so the, meta the post yeah exactly <laughs> in the post lc hills so i don't know there were some articles about how like doing the oc was exhausting and you know they're hour-long 24 episode seasons but you think that's exhausting you were on the hills in a season where you had to make a conversation with whitney port yeah so she ended up exactly where she should have ended exactly up. yeah also like she wasn't that great of an actor to no. be like, I must depart to <laughs> right. pursue Of the four of them, arguably the weakest. Oh, 100% the weakest. Yeah, yeah. Not to throw so much Misha Barton shade, but no regrets. <laughs> so anyways, then I was like, oh, duh, it's grief that is making it so awkward. Mm-hmm. I think any type of grief, but especially something as traumatic as what Summer is dealing with, it, the sudden death of her best friend, we turn to coping mechanisms. I feel like luckily for Summer, her coping mechanism was throwing herself into student protests as opposed to something more destructive like drugs or alcohol. That's true. And it easily, and part, part of me feels like if she had stayed in Newport, it, it could have probably, been that. yeah. 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 Depending on like the college she went to. Mm-hmm. If she had gone to Arizona, well, let me tell you. A hundred percent, she would be a Sarastitute yeah. uh, getting date raped. Anyways, uh, so her normal coping mechanisms of shopping or celebrity gossip. It was like very clear that was going to not work for her in this situation. They're too surface level. So she went full identity change, mm-hmm. totally threw herself into something new to take herself her to take her mind off processing her grief. And while grief most obviously shows up in the death of a loved one, right. it can take many forms like the pandemic. Uh-huh. We are all in a collective grief right now. So all the time yeah. is constantly something to be sad about. Yeah. If you're ever like, why am I kind of depressed? Don't forget <laughs> COVID. We're still here. We're still fucking here. Um, and life as we knew it. We have to grieve. It, it is part of it. Mm-hmm. But it could be something smaller, a job loss, a breakup. Your therapist leaving private practice after being your one <laughs> consistency for five years, forcing you to find a rebound therapist. Hmm. I don't know. I just like pulled that out of yeah. my ass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or even, I don't know, just like going to college itself. Yeah. Could be a type of grief. Uh, any big life change, I think, does involve some kind of grief for what you're leaving behind. Right. And as we just said, uh, we're terrible at goodbyes and mm-hmm. endings. So we relate to that. I just want to go back real, real, real quick. Did you use the phrase sorostitute? Oh, yeah. What can you, <laughs> as someone who is not in a sorority, I'm assuming has something to do with sororities. It, it does. Yeah, let's we, just unpack that phrase real quick. Yeah, let's unpack that that was normalized as an 18-year-old. Like, mm, like I'm like a sororitude. And it wasn't even a bad thing. It was like, I'm so into my sorority. Yeah. And hooking up with frat guys. Okay, okay. So it it's was partially, it's that. Okay. But yeah. it wasn't... Like, it wasn't necessarily shady. You're right. It wasn't like, oh, she's just a sorostitute. Yeah. It was kind of like, mm, like a sorostitute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being like, Ugh, I love him. Ugh, I'm such a sorostitute. Yeah. Like I shacked last night. Shacked means staying at the frat house. Yeah. We had a Facebook album in my sorority called oh, no. Shack Attack, where people in my sorority would take pictures of other sorority members walking home. From the night before, we were like glamorizing this. I also love, we just aged ourselves with like, it. we had a Facebook album yeah. because you know now it would obviously be a Snapchat or an Instagram page. Back in my day. Yeah. <laughs> Back to summer. Uh, summer in college. It reminded me of, you know, those first few months of college. The first time that you learn something about someone and you're like, oh, this is who you were right. in your old home. And 
and and I think that's why it makes sense to me that so many people go to college and just like and just completely throw themselves into a new identity, a new passion, a new environment because sometimes they really need to because they've been through stuff like summer has. Right, 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 um, right. Or even if they don't need to, uh, just because we can, because it's one of the few times that we're given in the human experience mm-hmm. to do so. And I think the opportunity to reinvent ourselves, even in little ways, is so refreshing and healing. And I think that sometimes we really do leap at this opportunity. And so I think for summer, it, because of both the event of Marissa's death and the change going to Brown were both so dramatic. This all this shift felt very obvious to us, to us as an audience and even to the characters in the show. But I think subtler versions, periods of our lives can change us too. Mm -hmm. I think new jobs can make us reevaluate our priorities, who Mm -hmm. we spend time with, how we spend our time, new cities. I feel like any new community you find yourself in, you're like, oh, this is it. This is it. I found it. Yeah. But I would argue that I think if you do completely throw yourself into something new, it's because there's something from your old life that wasn't working. Agreed. And I think this is what we see with Summer. Because like consciously or unconsciously, she needed a change. It's just a matter of how permanent this change is. Sometimes I think changing yourself is a coping mechanism to get you through a hump. It's just a matter of, are you becoming who you really are? Right. Or is this your coping mechanism? Right. Like you don't get bangs because everything is fine. Exactly. (laughs) I went to college and went through a million different phases. I was sorority girl. I was rave girl. I was swug. What's swug? Senior washed up girl. No. I had a Facebook album, again, dating myself, (laughs) called Swug Life. And we all called ourselves as senior swugs. Makes sense why uh, you graduate college and all the 28 to 34-year-old men are like, mm. Yeah, I gotta like m- manipulate that insecurity. Exactly. And I was like, oh, I, I'm young again. Yeah, <laughs> In their exactly. eyes. Yeah, uh, well, lots to unpack still there. Uh, I was theater girl. I was fitness girl. Then I moved to New York. I started a Meisner program at 23 mm-hmm. and... Actually, right then is when I started to somewhat figure out who the fuck I was. So I think we can all we can really do is hope to accept all of these different parts of ourselves and integrate, you know, the Woodward Way winner, the Dot Smith Mm -hmm. humanitarian award winner, along with I'll just speak for myself, the occasional drug taking selfish foursome parts of ourselves. Although I would argue uh, the foursome was pretty generous. Yeah. I, um, 18 year old Megan would be horrified to find out that 25 year old Megan is a great time on Molly. (laughs) And that Ryan is what is known in comedy as a callback. (laughs) I don't know what that noise was. I feel like the path was laid for summer to become an activist because she's always been stubborn. She's always Mm -hmm. loved adventure. Mm -hmm. And you know, she's the one that comes up with the scheme to get them into the hospital. Yes. In, in early season. So true. And then, you know, the rage blackouts. I feel like if you're not having rage, you're not an activist. That's very true. And the thing is that, like, summer will probably change again in the true. same way that we changed. When I was 23, I thought I was going to marry a guy who wouldn't go down on me. And that doesn't seem like a huge personality change, like a shift in identity, but it is. Oh, it, it absolutely is. To be okay with that and not being okay with that is a whole different kind of woman. Oh, it for sure is. Ladies, if your man is not going down on you, Mm -mm. get out. I think it's fair to say 
that most of the growth happens on summer's end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about how Seth handles all of this growth, this individual summer growth, because he handles it pretty well. So what does he do? Why does it work or why does it not work? And what can we all take away from it? So I think it really does take Seth a beat to figure out how to deal with both her growth and also her grieving. Yeah, which is fair. Fair, totally. Mm -hmm. And then he wakes up to the fact that, oh, she has not grieved. And he's matured enough to a place where he can give her the space she needs to process it. Even though they had her process it in one week. I kind of hated that. therapy? The, like, therapy montage. (laughs) Yeah, that was insane. I was like, okay, we get it. It's a short season. But But. (laughs) this is sending the wrong message. So it takes him a beat to then also accept her changes. There was that moment where I was going to be so disappointed because I didn't remember how season four shaked out. If he stayed in the wanting to get her back to the way she was Mm -hmm. phase. When he's all happy when she comes off the airplane. It's such a fine line between you're not yourself and allowing for space to grow more into yourself. Interesting. yeah, Mom. Uh, So... (laughs) But then he does eventually support her in speaking at the protest, even though he can't go and he sleeps outside on the bench. On the bench. Growth. We love to see it. Another romantic expectation ruined. (laughs) And then by the end of the fourth episode of season four, he finally does realize that the best thing he can do is allow her to continue to explore this new, quote, side of herself when Mm -hmm. he says, Hey, Summer. I know flying home early is your move, but I stole it. I just want to give you room to keep doing what you're doing because I think it's pretty amazing. So if you don't hear from me for a while, it's not because I don't love you. It's because I do. Sexy. So hot. Sexy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was an interesting kind of journey. I, and you know, as much as this show gets shit for like going off the rails after the first season, I actually do think the fourth season is very good. I, I agree. There are off-the-rail moments. Right. I mean, Chris Pratt in general. Yeah, that whole rail. character. But in a lot of ways, I do think the fourth season is uh, it's pretty elegant. 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 Oh. In that, I love it. When she first finishes therapy and that, you know, kind of art, she gets off the plane, she's mm-hmm. glowing. It's like, oh, old summer. I was like, okay, this is going to be a lesson in grief. Like when people are grieving, they all process differently. And so you have to give them the space to do so. And eventually they'll come back to center. Mm-hmm. But then it was not that. It was a bit of a bit of a twist in that it was. it turns out that this new version of her was authentic and it was a true expression of who she's becoming. Mm-hmm. And I think it took Seth the same way it took me a moment to see this. And it's hard to watch people you love and that you've known forever change. Yeah. You know, my parents now make their own kombucha. That's a change. My friend married someone who didn't wear shoes at his own wedding. That's Were they ch- outside at least? Yeah, I think so. She seems very happy. But right. again, a shift from who she was in high school. I think it's really natural to... For our instinct to be mm-hmm. to meet these changes with resistance mm-hmm. and wanting things to go back to the way they were. So I don't necessarily fault him for that. But I think the most impressive thing that he does, the thing that I would say is the teachable moment, is that, yes, he's anxious to get old summer back. But he doesn't really, he doesn't say that to her, really. Mm-hmm. It's not very um, apparent. He kind of just lets her be. And then after, you know, watching the valley kind of doesn't work. 
he goes to the protest and sleeps outside on the bench and says, and I think he has this moment of like, oh, wow, this this is the girl that I've always loved. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, this is her on her journey. And I'm secure in myself and our relationship, even if he really probably wasn't. Right, right. You know, he's faking it to like give her the space. And that's sexy. It sure is. I just remember so many boyfriends of people in college coming to campus to try to like hang and like come to the frat parties and come to the college theater parties. And it was so embarrassing and cringy. Like it just doesn't work to try to impose yourself when somebody is trying to grow and change. But as they grow as individuals, the relationship has to change too. But let's start with kind of this narrative they keep coming back to, as Seth calls it, like their origin story. And that is the destiny of it all. And it's a theme that they themselves bring up again and again and again. Before we really get into the Seth and Summer of it, side as a tangent, do you do you believe in like this idea of destiny in relationships and just in life in general? I do. Uh, (laughs) I do think everyone has something to teach us. But the destiny that Seth and Summer arrive at Mm -hmm. of if it's meant to be, it will find a way rather than the forced destiny. Right. Then like, it has to be this because I picked up the mermaid poem. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I do believe in that, the the former. And Mm -hmm. I do believe in soulmates. But I also believe that we may have multiple soulmates in a lifetime. and. Mm past lives and not to get like so woo woo but you know people reappear and you work shit out from a past life anyways and I also think that just because someone is your soulmate doesn't mean you're supposed to be together like Fleabag Mm. and Hot Priest I think are soulmates but they Mm. cannot be together and I think about that end scene almost every day (laughs) almost every day where she says I love you just let it hang out there for a minute and he says it'll pass oof and that is a mantra that I've thought about tattooing on my body. I don't think I believe in the serendipity. Have you seen that movie? Yes. Version of Destiny yes. where you're like, we ended up at the same place at the same time. Where in the OC, it looks like him saving the mermaid poem. Right. Where you are listening to signs or letting signs guide your life or your love. But I do believe that somebody can be the right person. And I believe that you can be destined for someone. Mm-hmm. But I think it's something that has to be proven again and again and again. Yeah. I feel like that's very key. Right. It can't just be proven that one time, all of serendipity, where they both chose the right floor on the elevator. Right, 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 right. Um, And I think we see that happen with Seth and Summer. But I think it's really hard for them to let go of this narrative of we're destiny. And we specifically see Seth cling to it Mm -hmm. so strongly especially you know when the psychic tells summer that the greatest love of her life will be george you know there's a lot of things that can make us question our future with somebody but i think this really gets under their skin so why do we think this is why does seth have to cling so hard to this old narrative version of them and what does this look like in the non-fictional world where there's not psychics hanging out at the mall well, there, there definitely still are. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I've talked to uh, all of them this pandemic. Um, I feel like Seth is someone who loves the story of it all and is clinging extra hard as he's in this transitional phase of getting ready to actually leave for college and feeling insecure and watching Summer grow at a faster pace than him. I mean, he mm-hmm. literally calls their origin story our mythology, yeah. which is incredibly dramatic and hero's journey of him. 
Mm-hmm. But also every guy I've had a thing with for more than a month, I call a saga. <laughs> so I get it. Uh, I think there's some stability in clinging to this old narrative of them, even if it's false stability. This in the non-fictional world looks like romanticized early moments in the mm-hmm. relationship when you have mm-hmm. like a really good first date, even if before and after the first date, there are many red flags. Or like I met a guy once because he was sitting in my seat on an airplane. The most romantic meeting imaginable. Yeah. I was like, is Coldplay playing right now? Right. Exactly. Because I'm pretty sure they are. I pined after this guy for years, I, which I don't know if I would have done if it was not for me thinking it was like some cosmic meeting right i think relationships are very scary and very vulnerable so feeling like there's something larger than you and the relationship that is on your side can feel both very comforting and very exciting yeah that's true it does give you this state this safety net Mm -hmm. yeah i think you know we like seth are are storytellers we are and i think in some ways when your mind is built that way you start writing the story of your relationship so early every guy i've had like a significant crush on that's lasted for more than mm, (laughs) a few days i (laughs) yeah i I was like like, it does not take long i feel like i've imagined the perfect way that person could propose to me that would encapsulate (laughs) all of the themes of our relationship oh that's special And to go back to the theme of how people change, multiple versions of this uh, imagined proposal happened at Disneyland, um, which I now think proposing at Disneyland is the tackiest thing (laughs) in the world. Yeah, don't do it. I also think part of the reason Seth clings so hard to the narrative is that Summer seems to have this exciting future. Like Mm -hmm. she's found her passion. She has goals. She got out of Newport for a second Mm -hmm. and she has so much future. And Seth, it doesn't seem so sure about anything. So his response is then to cling to the past. And I think it's insecurity. And I also think it's fear of losing her. Totally. So this, you know, creates a bit of tension in the relationship. But how... How do they move through this kind of letting go of the old to make way through the new? What happens? So Seth finally takes Summer off this pedestal. Mm -hmm. And Summer stops dimming her light to fit into her current environment. Yeah. They seek advice from couples goals, Sandy and Kirsten. Yes. What, what? Yes. Uh, and what is so beautiful about that is Kirsten is honest with both of them. And we'll get into the analysis of Jimmy Cooper versus Sandy Cohen in a mm-hmm. bit. But ultimately, I think Seth and Summer are able to see each other for who they're going into instead of the idea of the person that they've created. Summer trusts herself in the relationship enough to go do her political thing with George which honestly feels very ahead of her time. Oh my God, I know. Yeah, I feel like our generation is like just now getting into politics while the world is burning. Yeah, exactly. It's her and Rory Gilmore, who coincidentally also was on a bus doing press at the same time because her ending of Gilmore Girls, this doesn't really give away the end of Gilmore Girls for you, but Rory ends up following Obama on the campaign trail in the primary. No way. on a bus. I didn't know it lasted that long, number one. Yeah. Number two, I love that. Yeah, so Summer Roberts and Rory Gilmore definitely met. I love that for I them. Know. Yeah, oh, that's so nice. <laughs> so yeah, and then Kirsten gives the advice to Seth, so perfect, where she says, focus on the real Summer and not the one you worshipped in grade school. Mm-hmm. And he can. Yeah. Okay, I admit it. I put way too much stock into that poem. But I'm not the girl that you thought I was. You're not. You, Summer, 
or better. See, back then you were just this fantasy or this little girl who, when I would see, you would either ignore me or make an obscene gesture and keep on walking. Yeah, I kind of remember that, sorry. But now look at you. You fight for sea otters, you've befriended Taylor Townsend, your incredible mom to that bunny. I guess I have changed. You've evolved. And over the last 950 days we've been dating, and yes, I've counted, and yes, I counted the Zach era, because really, who are we kidding? I've watched you grow into this incredible woman, and that is who I love. Go Seth! Go Seth! It's so selfless! Look at this growth! This is why there are BuzzFeed articles about Seth being great. Like, I get it now. (laughs) Imagine any 19-year-old, or like... God. Any any 31-year-old. Truly. Any 56-year-old man having the awareness to be like, oh, look, my partner is changing. Not only am I going to get on board with this change, even if it makes me uncomfortable or insecure, I'm going to walk straight into this discomfort of the unknown, and I'm going to relearn this relationship. And that right there is what I masturbate to. (laughs) Wait. Stop. Don't get on the plane. I have something to say to you. I have an advertisement to read to you. Did you like that? That was my romantic comedy spin on reading an advertisement. Everyone, we're not bored in the house and in the house bored anymore. We're all short on time. We all need products that work quickly and work effectively. And that's why we're talking about Plexiderm. It is a very fast-acting, wrinkle-reducing serum. It visibly reduces fine lines and under-eye bags, and the results of it will last for hours. So slap it on your face and then go win your person back. You can try a 6 application trial pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit triplexiderm.com and use the code believe. Again, that's triplexiderm.com and use the code believe, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout. Okay, back to the show. What can we learn from them? What can we learn from this as moving forward in relationships that grow and change? I think the deeper you pursue your own authenticity, the more likely mm. you are to have a healthy relationship. Mm, I love that. Thank you. It is a revelation I had on Shrooms, but I stand by it. Yep. Season four is really Seth letting Summer be the star of the relationship. Mm-hmm. She is the Patty Lapone, if you will. Yes, and he's Patty Lapone's husband. Exactly. <laughs> Which I love because he is someone who like likes attention, but he is letting her shine. Exactly. And that's what they need in that moment. And he's accepting it and he's giving her the room to grow into Patty Lapone. My therapist, my very first therapist, shout out Ashley. She gave me this metaphor of, I don't think it's a metaphor. She just told me one time. <laughs> Everything is a metaphor. Um, that in a relationship, it's, there's you, your partner, and the relationship. And it's like this third entity. And I think that Seth and Summer, they love and work on themselves and the relationship enough to give it space to not believe in the immediate destiny, but long-term destiny, provided they pursue their other destinies, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. <laughs> it does. They're like, this will work out once we, we have to work on the other two parts. We can't just work on the relationship. Exactly. That is a third okay. of the whole entity. So I love, I love when Summer is, says, I do believe you're my destiny. I do, Seth. I just don't know that you're my only destiny. So good. This is why she has third wave feminism. Because she fights for what she loves romantically and Mm career-wise. I love the idea of your destiny being in multiple arenas and not just a person and not just a career. But the integration, again, that is my 
buzzword, <laughs> the integration of multiple destinies. And I've, I've said this before about other shows and other couples, but you can't make all of your life decisions based on your partner, mm-hmm. especially when you're young, especially when you're still figuring out who you are. I think I will make my child break up with their high school relationship before they go to college. Because yeah, gotta. I, you, you have to. I so regret being in a relationship my first two years of college. Mm. Because I think about season three summer before college, who when Seth and Summer would talk about their future, she wasn't thinking about her future, who right. she would become. She wasn't thinking about Brown. She's putting on hats, being his little snow bunny. That's that very right. gifable scene where she's like, when I think about my future, I think about being with the person that I love. And sure, that's romantic and shows how passionate and lovely she is. But I think if the relationship didn't allow the space for her to be her own person and grow, she wouldn't have had the time at Brown to discover this whole other side of herself and these passions. And I think that this version of her is more authentic than the Valley loving version of herself. And if everything had gone to plan and her and Seth had gone to Brown together... I don't know that she would have had the space to become this person. Yeah, I totally agree. That's back to like, that is part of the destiny Mm -hmm. is that they couldn't have gone to Brown together. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Oh, Oh. Oh. (laughs) the show's deep. Let's talk about the proposal Mm -hmm. aspect of it all. Again, the destiny, the staying together, not staying together. To his credit, he has learned Summer loves a sacrificial gesture Mm -hmm. and it does show his commitment to her. And honestly, in the early 2000s, there was no way that they were going to have a baby out of wedlock. Right. Yeah, the naivete and weakness of the relationship comes out in the aftermath when they discover (laughs) Summer is not pregnant. And then they play a game of marriage chicken of both not wanting to call it off. And you're like, oh, yeah, there's no way these two are ready for marriage. And thank God she's not pregnant. And thank God Amy Coney Barrett hasn't been concerned, hasn't been confirmed to the Supreme Court yet. <laughs> and that's when we take another sip of this groomer. Mm-hmm. And that's when we tell you, once again, it is important who you vote for. Right, right. We're drinking and we're joking, but also vote for Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah. Going back to, you know, how I destroyed season one and two, Seth. But now I will say, even though, you know, he's understandably a bit nervous or hesitant he sort of does dive into Mm -hmm. acceptance of fatherhood the same way that ryan did and he's not running away from his problems anymore so that's huge like earlier seth could have abandoned her could have you know gone off (laughs) so even though the gesture is incredibly naive it does show a good amount of bravery which i do appreciate Mm -hmm. and i do appreciate i think it's significant that both of their genuine response is hell no because (laughs) i think some people would convince themselves that they could handle it and that they could get married but still you know if you're 19 years old and playing this game of chicken about marriage you're probably not ready to get married no i think through the proposal and even the game of chicken seth really is able to see summer fully for who she has become yeah which is crystallized in the moment where he goes to see her dad love that. I know. Knowing that her dad's going to say no. Also, did you, I'm sorry, did you pick up on... The Grey's Anatomy? Yes. <laughs> that he goes to work at Seattle Grey. Yeah, and they like have that joke in the show where he's like, I heard it's pretty crazy up there. <laughs> because I mean, which fits with the whole vibe of the show. The whole vibe of the show. So... Did you also catch that in the fourth season, Rachel uh, Summer goes, oh, real life April broke up with real life yes, whatever. Yes. And they really she did. and Adam Brody broke up. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. I really do. 
So yeah, he goes and he sees Summer's dad and he has, he, he's kind of backed into a corner while he, he's trying to be jokey in the beginning about, you know, why he loves her. And then he mm-hmm. has this aha moment of realizing that while he does want to win this chicken game, he actually does really love Summer. Yeah. And so while it might still be naive for him to want to continue the engagement after this realization, I do also think it is very sweet and genuine. Yeah, I I, I agree. And I think it's incredibly vulnerable and incredibly yeah. brave and requires him putting himself on the line mm-hmm. in a way that he wasn't able to the first few seasons. Obviously, I still think it's dumb, the idea of getting married at For sure. 19. And I think that Summer's response is exactly right, which we'll get into in a moment. But... Again, I think it's really interesting that they've essentially swapped places because now she is his priority, not college, not his future. I also think he communicates the whole situation very well, where he Mm -hmm. talks to her about his thought process and gives her the space to have whatever response she wants. Because Summer's takeaway from it, I think, is the greatest relationship lesson in the OC. Oh, it really is. Yeah. Most importantly, she rejects us follow-up proposal when she yeah. says, I don't think you can be with someone until you can be with yourself. <sighs> Which is incredibly mature for a 19-year-old. For- oh, I'm still learning that. Yeah. yeah. We know we know people we who sure are in their mid to late 30s still sure. learning that. Yep. <laughs> yep. It is an absolute truth. But not necessarily one that we all learn. Mm -hmm. If you are in a Seth and Summer relationship, or even if you don't identify as Seth and Summer, but you are young and in love, I want you to make sure that you are listening to Summer Roberts and this message. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that my ex-boyfriend's mother is listening because this is what I was trying to tell you when you came to town after we had already broken up and you were like, I just don't understand why you need time apart. This idea of I don't think you can be with someone until you can be with yourself. It's more than just a technical. I could be on my own because she could be and I could have been and technically it would have been fine. But it's that it's this knowing that you have more to learn about yourself Mm -hmm. and that you need to be by yourself to do that because I really think that you do. I, yeah, because the other person is inevitably going to influence you. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to do that without that like strong presence of someone right. else. And that goes from big life choices, like taking yeah. the job or not, right. to day-to-day choices. Am I going to stay later at this protest? Am I going to stay later at this bar? Or am I going to go home to my significant other? Yep. Those little choices add up to influencing the entire scope of your life. I think if you don't go through a period of your life in adulthood, when your decisions are not dependent on another person, yeah. when you're not tied down to another person and and you don't get to see what your life looks like when it is just your life right i think then you're losing out on on what you could discover and that's a very personal decision but i think we really see this relationship illustrate it totally agree wow so there's individual growth there's the relationship growing and then there's growing out mm-hmm. of the relationship. Once you grow out of the relationship, it's just a matter of will you grow back into it? And at this point, if you're still listening, you know Seth and Summer do. But I think the growing out of it needed to happen, as we've hinted to a bit already. So let's start with I think there's a general kind of question of compatibility. And if by the end of the fourth season, if they are still compatible, and we see this specifically with Summer getting super frustrated at Seth. Because 
she's become this incredibly passionate person and he has kind of lost his way and she's you see her say this to Kirsten it just doesn't seem like Seth is passionate about anything so how how did they get to this place and how did Seth get to this place yeah this resonates uh (laughs) and it's interesting because Seth used to be the one with all the passion exactly and now it's his total role reversal because I think Seth gets complacent when he stays at home you know he's working at the comic book store he's living at home he's happy with his relationship so while Summer is off exploring herself in this new environment Seth is stuck in a bit of a limbo so it makes sense that he's become complacent But it also makes sense that this frustrates and turns Summer off. This is where I would like to bring in, unfortunately, I'm so sorry, dear listeners, that I don't have a Brene Brown quote for you this this episode. She'll be bummed. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so sorry, Brene. You're still my queen, but my other queen is Esther Perel. Here we go. And so I would like to bring in an Esther Perel quote here. She said that couples will have this, this feeling. This is a thing that happens with couples a lot. I want you more so when you are actually in your own element that thing I can't do. At that moment, you don't need me. And if you don't need me, I'm not saddled with a certain type of emotional responsibility towards you, which gives me then the freedom to want you. I know. Doesn't that make, mm, like, mm, desire. It makes so much sense why, like, Mm. someone gets on stage and plays a guitar and you're like, "Ah." I want you. Or you see someone do really well at work. Exactly. And when Seth doesn't have any of that, Mm -hmm. then what is there to desire? Yeah. Because truly, his whole life is on pause. He's waiting for summer. He's waiting for school. Yeah. And he says something to Kirsten kind of vaguely, I think it's around Valentine's Day, where he's like, this is the last time where we don't have to take anything seriously. Right. Because the next year, everything's going to be serious. And that, I just don't feel like that's the Seth we knew. I don't think that's the Seth we met. And yes, the Seth we knew and met was very problematic, but we also did admire him for being an individual and Mm -hmm. having passions. And he's just, that's not where he is anymore. Everything was maybe too important, but at least it had significance. But it had significance, exactly. Standing on a coffee cart, like season four, Seth isn't doing that. And I think that she's at a place where she needs someone to match her in her passion and in her focus. And that's again where I'd love my ex-boyfriend's mother to be listening because that's that's what it was with them. They were an equal match in their passions, in their banter, in their chemistry, but he's not that person right now. Right, right. I think sometimes either compatibility changes and it, and you feel this like tension, this mm-hmm. riff and or, and I think for Summer and Seth, it's a bit of both. The relationship gets too comfortable Mm -hmm. and there's no tension and there's no riff and it's just the same. So what does that look like for Seth and Summer and how did they get here? Right. So there was the earthquake. I think another response to trauma is playing it small and becoming so risk averse that you end up in a rut, whether individually or in your relationship. So like while Summer's initial response to her trauma over the death of her best friend was to go out and like do, 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 like not think about it, must throw myself in all of these other activities. This is kind of the reverse of let me just be comfortable with my boyfriend so nothing else bad can happen. And I think that feels very linked to fear and anxiety about the future, which, you know, it's okay to take a beat after something traumatic happens, of course, always, but they're not processing it. So that's why they get stuck. And then Seth, Seth, good on Seth is finally able to recognize this when he goes to Berkeley to try to get the house back for his parents. And Summer comes up there for the wedding. Lots of things happen there. Wow, Uh, big finale. 
And he tells Summer, you know, I'm not sure if being together is bringing out the best in either one of us right now. Uh, Which again, and we'll come back to that, that is so impressive for a 19 year old and something we're all still learning yeah yeah i do think the earthquake and them which forced them to live together and have the lazy boys and watch tv every day accelerated the process but i kind of think they would have gotten to this place of being too comfortable together either way Mm. it was already weird and awkward because seth had become directionless and this you know, post-summer turning down the job offer for George, she had now become that way too. That's true. And again, I think this is what happened when all of your attention goes on your partner, you Mm -hmm. lose yourself. And I think we see this in our non-fictional lives when we have that friend that only hangs out with their boyfriend. Yep. And we hate that friend that only hangs out with their boyfriend. We always complain about it. But I think the like kind of dangerous underbelly of it is that like they might be legitimately stuck this might be their only kind of this is their response to that yeah that's so true yeah have you ever been there in a relationship where you just get to this completely stuck place yes it looked almost exactly like seth and summer in their lazy boy chairs eating chips Mm -hmm. but we were (laughs) in my bed eating taco bell there you go i think i was just so hungry after living in la for four and a half years (laughs) But on a, on a serious note and doing this show reflection, I think I was also just like so scared of the future and trying to process life after college, the uncertainty of it all, the first time not having structure and not knowing how to deal with a lot of college trauma. Shout out to anyone in Greek life. Um, <laughs> it was just like so easy to get into this space of my boyfriend is going to come over. We're going to eat junk food. We're going to watch mm-hmm. Entourage and we may or may not have sex. Wow, I can't believe you were an Entourage person. That's just as shocking as you being the president of the Young Republicans Club. Yes, yeah, I wasn't, but <laughs> I was stuck in my relationship. And go. so I absorbed that part of his personality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it was easy to justify not showing up to things like, like Summer not showing up to George. Because mm-hmm. I could just hang out with him. And because it was the ultimate comfort in not dealing with my shit. Which always feels more justifiable when you're doing it with someone. Exactly. Yeah. And I think if I, if I had not gone to New York, we would have stayed in that much longer. Yeah. Yeah. And we all know people that are staying in those relationships a little too long. Mm-hmm. Um, mine was similar, except that the like comfort was us singing Hamilton songs <laughs> into Snapchat filters, uh, which looks a lot less like we had lost ourselves because we were very untrend. We weren't going for anything in our lives mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think for him, he was a comedian. So he, his point of view was, okay, do I go out and do an open mic? Or do I come home to my girlfriend who loves me? Yeah. And it was the same for me. When I would get home from a day of work, it was like, okay, am I going to spend this time submitting myself for jobs, writing, working on projects, or am I going to like hang out with my boyfriend and cuddle? It's hard. You, You can lose yourself so quickly. But one of my favorite pieces of advice on the show is in kind of their way out of this is this idea of don't settle for comfortable. And this is what... Julie Cooper, of all people. Talk about grow. Talk about grow. That tells Summer. She says, don't settle for comfortable. So uh, 
and, and, you know, not that that's the only reason. There's a lot of reasons that launch them into this decision. But at the end, they separate. She goes to travel the world for George, or at least she's, it looks, seems like she's working on the primaries because she says, I'll see you in 08 after the New Hampshire primary. <laughs> and he goes to RISD. I think let's play this little clip of them at the bus stop and then talk about our general reactions to that. I don't know. Some of these George guys, it looks so... Idealistic. You got nothing to worry about. Just remember, this isn't goodbye. You're my destiny, Colin. I've saved the world, Summer Roberts. Please resurrect me. <laughs> I have fully, I am fully on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, I am fully crying. Well, incredible, obviously. And especially incredible because they both give each other what the other person needs. Yeah. Because Seth needs to hear that he's her destiny in this moment. That's a good point. Yes. Yeah. And she needs to hear, go save the world, Summer Roberts. It's emotional, but it's also not dramatic. No. Which is a a huge growth for them. And for the show. (laughs) Very true. There's just this like self-assuredness in themselves in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean, we said this at the beginning, I bawled the whole finale. Because again, she's not this girl who, I mean, I mean, when you look at this moment and then you think about the first moment we ever saw Summer, who was literally made fun of Seth for being Jewish the first season. She hasn't said, ew, in, in years. She'd probably say, ew. To the GOP. <laughs> to fucking Mitch McConnell. McConnell. That's who Summer Roberts would say ew to now. But even she's not even who she was a year ago, who was like, I just think about my future. I think about the person I love. And and he also not letting his whole identity be defined by her and the drama of his own romance now. Like Seth used to be so involved in his own drama and now he just cares about her being happy. And this moment just so shows so much growth. Also circles back to the Esther Perel of it all. She's the grand finale. (laughs) She says this is what makes a good couple. Love rests on two pillars, surrender and autonomy. Our need for togetherness exists alongside our need for separateness. One does not exist without the other. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Everyone listen to that. They need to go off and find their autonomy so they can celebrate their togetherness more authentically. And this is why I stand by this couple as the greatest TV couple of all time. No, I I am so on board and I didn't know that I would be. Them taking this time and this space in a generous, loving way. It mm-hmm. is one of the most romantic things on TV that happens. Mm-hmm. Caught me off guard that they are. They end up being one of the relationships I think we can all learn from the most. But do you think they fully separate we think they break up do you think this is always the move when you get to a point with in a relation with a relationship where it gets too comfortable yeah (laughs) yeah i i do think so either that and or couples therapy but my my friend and i we 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 stumbled upon this metaphor of relationships so stick with me for this one like a painting so some people want the relationship to be a blank canvas and then you and your partner come in and you paint on the canvas together your relationship is the painting, but ultimately it's one painting. What we see Seth and Summer evolve into is their own separate paintings that exist on the same wall and complement each other. At the end of the day, they're still two separate paintings. I think it is just so easy to lose yourself to the relationship, especially when you're in a major growth period of life. 
And we see that in couples all the time. Like, you're my missing puzzle piece. Like, bitch, you're your own puzzle. You are your own puzzle. Like, someone should not complete you. No, I don't like that phrase. Someone should not be your better half. Disgusting. They should bring out the best version of you. Yes. But you can't be the best version of yourself if part of your identity is entangled in the other person. Then, like, yeah, you got to take a chance, make a change, and break away. And break away. You inspired me with Kelly Clarkson. Good. Um, it just flew out of me. I was like, these are these should be song lyrics. Deeply, they're deeply seated and, um, in all of us. We all need are. them. Yep. I mean, we kicked off the episode of with this, but just to circle back to takes on the ending of the show, the wedding, all of it, the flash forwards, we died. <laughs> I forgot they got married. So when she stuck her tongue out, it was a complete surprise. Oh, I'm so glad that you got that as a surprise. Yeah, that I was shocked and delighted by. Oh, um, so good. It was it was so cute and silly, and like you could never imagine Summer doing that in season one. Oh no! But that is who she is, and that's amazing. Hmm. And I think it's also really important. It showed Seth at RISD, both proud of Summer, you know, putting the newspaper clipping up on his board. Yep, yep. But that wasn't the only thing on his board. Right. There were his drawings and more of his passions on there as well. Yeah. Because he's doing his thing. He's reconnecting to his passions. And in the Summer flash forward scene and the political rally, Seth's not there at all. Exactly. Because she's out there being autonomous. Mm -hmm. And this is what allows them to come back to each other for their marriage. At an appropriate age, although honestly still a little young. Right. Because <laughs> we're measuring this by the fact that Kirsten's baby looks about five. Right. So let's say it's five years later. Yes. From 19. So they're 24. Maybe yeah. they're 25. Let's be generous. Still, I'd be like child bride. We do support the wedding. Yes, we so do. So what do you, I mean, we already kind of said this, but what do we, where do we think for us to be fully on board with Seth and Summer as we are? Right. I think we are making some like leaps and bounds to be like, I'm okay with this wedding because I think X amount of growth has happened during this time. So where do we think they are as individuals and as a couple to end up at this wedding that we're like, mm-hmm, I ship it. Yeah, I want to agree and include your point of them dating other people. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. necessary. I think they also both know the career paths that they're seeking, even though it like may evolve and change. Sure, yeah. But they have like a plan of what they're doing next before they get married. Yeah. Summer might be wanting to go to law school. Seth might be in grad school uh, or just got a job writing for the local paper. Maybe he does political cartoons for them. Oh, that's cool. I could see that too. Yeah, yeah. And then it incorporates a little of her sensibilities in there too. Yeah, I, I just see that for him as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a little young Mike Lubavitch. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, they have chosen these paths for themselves because it's what they want and need for themselves and not for the other person. But because of this, they're able to more fully show up and support the other person and the relationship. And now they can have their Greta Gerwig moment that she describes in Frances Ha. Which do you want? Do you want to give it to us? Yeah, Matt? I sure do. Yeah. <laughs> I set that up for myself very well. Mm -hmm. She has a monologue about how she wants what she wants in a partner is that they're together and they're both at a party talking to other people, laughing and shining, which is such a key word. Shining. They catch each other's eye and not because it's possessive or particularly sexual, but they just know that that is their person in this life. And who the fuck doesn't want that? Who the fuck doesn't want that? That is the destiny. <laughs> that is the destiny. Full, to have all the experiences, to become a fully developed adult with passions, with agency, with future ambitions, and then to still have a the chemistry that you're still going to like stick your tongue out when you walk down the aisle and to 
have them still fit in your life, not as someone who completes you, but just as someone who fits in the map that is so rare and beautiful. And I, I like to believe that they found all of those things. And it was like, wow, through all of this, you still want the best for me and you still bring out the best for me. Mm -hmm. And this goes back to something that comes up earlier in the season and that we talked about earlier. They are each other's Sandy Cohen's. They are not each other's Jimmy Coopers. Mm -hmm. But what is that? What is that difference? What is it to be somebody's Jimmy Cooper, someone's big high school love, big first love versus someone's Sandy Cohen, aka someone's destiny? Yeah. Incredible question. Once again, uh, It also made me think about how many people end up with their Jimmy Coopers. So many people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they're too afraid. Here's where I get pretentious. They're too afraid that they're not going to meet their Sandy Cohens. But here's my big thought. I think Jimmy Cooper would have been happy and content with Kirsten forever. Because I think Jimmy was never particularly interested in going deep and self-examination. So look, and you know, I'm still single. So it's not like I have anything figured out. But then you see someone like Sandy and Kirsten who inspire each other, yeah. challenge each other. When they have problems, what you were speaking to, they look at their shit individually and as a couple and are able to make space for both of those things. And that is what it means to be someone Sandy Cohen. It's messier than a Jimmy Cooper. Yeah. But the possibility for depth is so much greater. The possibility for true intimacy I'm going to cry. <laughs> Jimmy and Kirsten wouldn't be separately laughing and shining at the party. Aww. But Sandy and Kirsten would. No. <laughs> yeah. And even, not to hit it too hard on the head, but we see this in the Ryan in a coma episode. Yeah. Where Kirsten and Jimmy are married. Right. And they're just like, they're fine, but they're not great. Right. You know, right. they're surviving, but they're not shining. Exactly. We all want to shine. Well, we don't all want to shine, unfortunately. That's true. <laughs> we want to shine. But we you hope and you I want to shine. And our listeners want to shine. <laughs> yeah, I think this whole show goes back to here. We go. I'm going to bring up Brene Brown. Oh, fuck yeah! <laughs> this show goes back to what you brought up earlier, and it's a Brene Brown idea of fitting in versus belonging. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the show, The OC, is all about learning to adapt and change when what you've known and where you've been is no longer where you belong. And we see this again and again in the show. We see this with Ryan and Chino. Summer as the popular superficial girl. Taylor with her mom. Mm. Julie in all of her relationships. Sandy and Kirsten both at separate times working for the Newport group. Mm -hmm. You need to be in the place doing the things surrounded by the people that bring out the best in you. Mm. And then by the best coming out in you, you might, you will change. Mm -hmm. And I think people end up with their Jimmy Coopers who are their great first loves. And I genuinely mean great because they do adore you and appreciate you. Mm -hmm. But you end up with them because you never found those other people, those other places, those other passions that changed you. And neither did they. Yep. Neither did Jimmy Cooper. And I think this happens if you never leave your town. That's very possible. Yeah. That's and that's why I think it's so important that they do leave the OC at the end. Because I think it's no longer serving them. It's no longer challenging them. Yep. And this is why I think 
you're my Sandy Cohen is the same as you're my destiny because I think it's the person that, yes, they're going to meet you where you're at. They're going to see you for mm-hmm. who you really are, not who people think you are. We even see in the Sandy Kirsten flashback with a good on casting, Max Greenfield. Oh, yeah. Perfect casting. Perfect casting. We love eyebrows. Oh, yeah. And you have, you have instant chemistry with them. But also, they'll challenge you in a way that nobody else can. Yeah. And they're going to care deeply about you in the way that a Jimmy Cooper would. But they're going to go beyond that. And Mm -hmm. they're going to see you through your growth and your change, your rehab, your freeing the bunnies. And not give up and leave when you can no longer be the person that they once knew as Jimmy Cooper does and Seth and Summer do this too and I think that's part of the beauty of it all yeah sure maybe it's destiny but it is also because they went and they did the work Mm -hmm. and that's a real reason they trusted the destiny of it all to be there when they went to find out who they were as individuals and maybe it is the destiny that aligned for them to still function as a couple after all that but their separate self-exploration is what evolved them out of the Jimmy Cooper phase and into the Sandy Cohen phase. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's destiny in that they found the person in each other that made them into the adults they needed to become. Yeah. They bring out the best in each other. I think it really comes back to that. And Mm -hmm. they bring out each other's biggest potential at their best. Mm -hmm. And, And I think that's why they needed to break up when they broke up, because they were no longer doing that, and that's what made them special. So... To wrap it up, we've spent hours now talking about <laughs> Seth and Summer. So if you had to sum it up, what is a Seth and Summer relationship? So Seth and Summer are one of those incredibly rare couples who do have a mythology. They have a story, but they grow out of it and into something even better because it's authentic. They have a million and one problems and obstacles to overcome. It's, it's not just one of those relationships that you'd say like, I don't know, it was just easy. But what makes their relationship special is their ability to work through their problems, obstacles. Summer's ability to maintain strong boundaries. Seth's ability to emotionally mature and both of their abilities to grow up and allow space for the other to grow up is what makes them so special. They start as the quirky couple and they end as the quirky couple. Yeah, they do. That's true. They, it's like a coming back to themselves. Yeah. 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 With the tongue. With the tongue. So that they stay true with the tongue. <laughs> they stay true to themselves, even when that means allowing for change, so that by the end, you see both this evolved person, but also this retention of the essence of who they started out as. They grow up and they don't lose their inner child, hmm. which is what I think makes this relationship so special to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it, to be a Seth in a summer is, is this ability to grow up in a relationship, which Mm -hmm. is almost impossible. And also it isn't all the growing up is not in the relationship. Right. Right. In the relationship they maintain while they're both growing separately is one of, I care about you deeply Mm -hmm. and I care about you so deeply that I'm going to let you go and grow. I just think so many relationships can't handle any amount of rocking of the boat, of any amount of change, of Seth and Summer truly become adults through all of yeah. this. And I like what you said, because it's not like they're totally different people. They still have so much of 16-year-old selves in them. But they grow up into full developed adults in a lot of ways because of each other. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Seth would have grown up as quickly without Summer's 
fierce sense of what she deserves and boundaries mm-hmm. and what she needs. And I don't think Summer would have discovered who she was without Seth and him seeing her as more than the hot girl. Because even if she didn't write the mermaid poem, she still fed the squirrels. And she really does come back to being the girl that feeds the squirrels. Oh, that's so true. The environmentalism, it's there the whole time. Wow. I have literal chills right now. (laughs) And he saw that in her before anyone else did. That is a moment. So I think just to to bring it home, I think it's a relationship of how love changes over time. And love can look like pining. And love can look like quirky best friend banter. And it can look like being someone's partner in crime. And it can also look like letting go to give you the space to grow. I don't even think you have to know the whole time I'm going to end up with them. But as long as you have faith in them, in them as an individual, to grow and succeed and be the best version of themselves, I think that is so romantic. And I think then if it's meant to be, if the destiny of it all exists, you will find your way back to each other. (sighs) (sighs) Big exhale. We did it. We did it. You convinced me. You made me a shipper after all. And that was my real goal. Well. All from a Fox drama. All right. Folks, don't worry. While we are done covering the timeline of the show, we still have one more episode. We sure do. And it is a Q&A. We'll be answering all sorts of questions, covering everything that we may have missed on the show. I want to talk about Taylor Townsend. I would love to talk about Taylor Townsend. I'm sure we'll talk about Ryan Marissa. I'm sure we'll talk about Sandy and Kirsten. And just all of the kind of extraneous things on the show that we missed and to Mm -hmm. just wrap it all up. So if you have any questions for us, things you want to hear us talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, shoot them our way at Talking Ship Podcast on Instagram. And uh, we will talk ship about them. We sure will. But until then... Uh, you know, find us on social media. Let us know your thoughts on the finale of the OC and how Seth and Summer have continued to stick with you through all of these years. And send us your screenshots of your tears at any of the season finales. Oh, yeah. All right. That's all we have for you. And we will see you for one last time next week. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Talking Ship. We're here every Thursday. You can find us on Instagram at Talking Ship Podcast. Thank you to Kat Bellinfonte for being my co-host this season. You can find her on Instagram and Twitter. She's great on both. At Kat Bellinfonte. That's Kat with a K. You can find me at OnlyMegan815. That is Megan spelled the correct way with no H. Talking Ship is produced by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one network for professionals. So thank you to the whole team there for helping to make this show happen. Thank you to Chris Meisner for arranging our theme music. And if you're still listening, you must, you know, trust me a bit. So here's what I would like you to do. Please, please, please register to vote. Vote and vote early. Let's do this. VoteSaveAmerica.com has everything you need. So go do that, and then come back next week, and we'll talk ship about more fictional relationships. See you then.
Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.